Hey dads, it's really good to see. I know you may not hear this a lot, but we want you to know how important it is that you're here. You don't have an easy job. Being a dad comes with incredible challenges, and sometimes it's hard to know if you're doing it right. But you should know that being here right now is such an important part. In the Bible, God gave us this command. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and might. These words should be in your heart. You should teach them to your children. You should talk of them when you're sitting at home and when you're out in public. You should speak of them from the time you wake up in the morning until the time you fall asleep at night. So what does it mean to be a good father? It means loving God with all of your heart, soul, and might and teaching your children to do the same. And it's such a great example that you're here today, seeking more of Jesus and worshiping him unashamed. The kids here see you. The young men and women are watching, and as they continue to grow, they'll remember and do the same. So thanks, dads. Thank you for your presence and example. We pray that God will bless you, renew your spirit, and draw you closer to him so you can continue to be a shining influence to all those around you. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, you guys. What an awesome day to celebrate. Um, I think uh, Hawk touched on it a little bit. Um, today can be a hard day. I lost my dad at the end of 2021, and so there's a hole. And some of you have a hole for various reasons, but there's also something that our fathers impart to us. Even when they're not good fathers, we learn and we grow, and we watch, and God uses both he uses both. So I just want to encourage you from a place of tenderness this morning. If you've lost a dad or if your dad wasn't a great dad, you have a heavenly father who is with you and holding you, teaching you and guiding you. And if you were blessed enough to have a good dad, praise the Lord. Be grateful. Your dad is not perfect. There isn't one. And we like to nitpick. We like to focus on the things that they aren't great at or the ways they barked orders at us or didn't feed us our favorite food or weren't there for us at our baseball games. But they are good, and there's goodness to be found. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. Dads, you're doing a bang-up job. It's You guys are working hard. You are doing all the things. And the days that you fail, thank you for getting up. The days that you blow it, thank you for trying again. The days that you crush it, we celebrate with you. You guys are amazing. Happy Father's Day. I love you guys. Um, so today, um, starting the day with bacon and pancakes, not a bad deal, right? That was amazing. And bacon roses, have you ever had that before? All the guys were like, I didn't see the bacon, I didn't see the bacon, I can smell it. And I'm like, it's right there. But because they were roses on a stick, the girls saw them and we ate them. The guys were like, where's the bacon? I'm like, it's right here. So I think that was wonderful. That was pretty special. I loved how the kids had pancakes with the sprinkles and the sugars and the um, marshmallows on pancakes, right? That's pretty amazing. Um, so today we are going to be diving into one psalm. It's one of my favorite psalms. It's Psalm 103. It's a longer psalm, and I thought we were going to tackle the whole thing today. We are not. 
we are tackling five verses. <laughs> um, but they're good. You're going to love it. Um, so the Psalms are in the Old Testament. They cover a variety of topics. Um, they are a cry to God. They are a time of need and desperation. They are also joyful songs and celebration to God. Um, Psalm 103 in particular is written by David. David, as many of you know, he wrote at least 73 of the 150 psalms. Um, I think he wrote them all, but I, he didn't. But it feels like he did because they all kind of had the same flavor. Um, he also is known for being a young shepherd boy who became a king. He was also the young man who killed Goliath with a stone. And he is also the one who danced, maybe danced naked before the Lord, right? And so one thing I love about David is that he was real and honest and vulnerable, and I think a lot of us can relate to him because he blew it. He had emotions. He was like desperate one day and on top of the mountain the next day. And I'm like, yeah, I can relate to that sometimes. Um, so this particular psalm is a call to worship. It's a psalm that gives us a call to gratitude and thankfulness. It's a call to remember, and it's also a call to action. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to get started. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for your heart, Father God, that you are such a good, good father. Abba, Father, Daddy, we can just crawl up on your lap. You are a safe place. You are a trusted place. You are always available. You are always ready. You know the numbers of hairs on our head. You know the very heartbeat that we have. And God, I thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, would you just speak to us as we read your word? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so Psalm 103, starting in verse 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Doesn't that just feel good? There's something about the word of God. When you just read it, you're just like, he's so good. So that verse one, bless the Lord, O my soul. So David in this passage is calling to his own soul and telling his soul, bless the Lord, O my soul. Have you ever looked in the mirror and you're like, you're going to have a good attitude today. <laughs> or you can do this, right? That's what, He's like, bless the Lord, my soul, bless the Lord. This isn't like what you would think where he's blessing God because God is the one who actually blesses us. This word blessing is more to honor. That he's telling his soul to honor God, worship God. It, that word bless actually means to kneel. So it's a form of honor and giving him that honorable place in your life. I love this. David is the master of self-talk. If you look through the scriptures, he's always telling himself, like, come on, bless the Lord, oh my soul. He says all these things to himself. Um, he was an emotional being, and he wrote all of the things out of that place of emotion. He was very real and honest. Um, I like to put on a good face, and I'm, in my years, 47 years, I'm still learning to, like, I don't have to do that. 
I can just be me and I can be real because I have faults and all these things, but I think we're really good at going, it's fine, it's fine, right? And putting on that good face. Well, David, if you read it, you're kind of like, whoa, whoa, don't hold back at all, buddy. He's like, I'm, I'm in despair and what are you doing to me, God? And this is terrible and just kill me now and all these things. And the next one, he's like, oh my gosh, he's dancing before the Lord and he's like, you're the best God ever. And you're just like, wow, buddy. But honestly, you guys, that's who we are. We are built with emotions, and we have good days, and we have bad days. So in this psalm, he's telling his soul to do something. It's an action. As if his soul was not doing enough already, and is as if he wanted his soul to do something different. Ever been in that boat? Where your soul's doing something, and you're like, yeah, that's not the best thing right now. We need to be doing something else. So our soul remembers three things. It's our emotions, it's our intellect, and it's our will. And those three things have to come into alignment with the word of God. They don't naturally just be in alignment with God. That's our spirit man. And so I preached preached last year about that whole thing, and it's it's quite a task. If you've been walking with the Lord for a day or years, you know you still have to constantly get your soul to be in alignment with God's ways because they're different. The Bible says our ways are not God's ways, right? So that's what's happening here, and he's telling his soul. Galatians 5 talks about this. It says um, that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. There's this constant war because our flesh likes to do what it wants. And then we're reminded, oh, but I'm a new creation and this is godliness over here. So he's telling his emotions to follow the command of the Lord. I learn this best when I teach kids because I'm always like teaching them about their emotions because, you know, their emotions are very big. And so they might be crying and having a meltdown. And I'm like, okay, let's feel that for a second. I see that you're really disappointed. I see that you're really sad. We're going to pray. We're going to take a deep breath. And then we're going to move along because we're not supposed to stay there. And as adults, I'm going to point my finger. You're not supposed to stay there. You're not supposed to stay there. Right? How many times do we wallow for days and days and we lose days because we're so mad at your whatever, your cousin or your sister or your neighbor? And we're supposed to say, bless the Lord, O my soul. Come into alignment with godliness. So the second part of verse 1 says, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. All that is within me, not part of me. And we're, re- we're really good at that. Part of me blesses you, God. You're so good. And the rest of us is like, so angry. All of us, all that is within us is supposed to bless his holy name. This takes it to a whole new level. So this is a part where gratitude comes in. When we bless his holy name, all that is within me, there's a shift and we become thankful. We, be, we begin to have a heart of gratitude because we are no longer focused on us and we're casting our gaze once again upon God. It's remembering what he's done, declaring his goodness. When you give thanks to God, you're readying yourself, you're preparing the way, you're acknowledging who he is, you're declaring that he is faithful once again. So in verse 2, it shifts, and David begins to list some reasons or the benefits of why we should bless and honor God. Some people refer to this as like God's benefit package. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. When you get a job, if you get a good job, you have a benefits package, right? And you get these benefits, and it's part of being a part of that job. And you're like, oh, I have sick days. Oh, 
I get this, or oh, I get that. And maybe if you work there longer, your benefit package grows, and you get two weeks instead of one week, right? And I know when I worked, I used all my sick days. I'm like, oh, I have a headache because I had a sick day. My mom was the opposite. She banked them all and, like, cashed them out for her retirement. She had, like, months and months of time. And I'm like, heck no, I'm going on a bike ride. I have a headache. I would use my sick days. But this is like the Lord's benefit package, if you will. So three times he has already said, bless the Lord, when we get to this verse. So verse 2 says, bless the Lord again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So forget not all his benefits. I like that word, and. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget his benefits. So what are these benefits? We're going to kind of go through these. Um, I love this verse right here because it tells me that we can forget. If David's like, don't forget, that means we can forget. Anybody forget God's faithful sometimes? I'll raise my hand. Any forget his goodness? I forget that he's loving because I'm like, thinking he screwed me over because my life is falling apart. And I'm like, hello, you're not faithful. You're not good right now. Well, yeah, he actually is. And I have to tell myself that. He is actually still good. He's still faithful. So we have to remind ourselves about that. Why do you think we take communion? To remember. It's a way to remember what he did, that he sent his son Jesus to pay the price for our sins. It's a way to remember uh, Mark and I's pastor, before we were here, um, he would always say, you reproduce what you remember. You reproduce what you remember. So if you're constantly remembering how somebody made you mad and stole your money, you're constantly remembering how your parent treated you poorly your whole life, you're constantly remembering, whatever, and maybe they're valid, right? Maybe it's true, but if you're constantly remembering, you cannot move forward. But if you're remembering the goodness of God, whew, that's a whole other ballgame, right? You're remembering that he's faithful. You're remembering, oh, I remember that one time I was in that hard spot and I was so desperate and I cried out to God and he met me then. He provided for me then. He brought me a friend when I was lonely. Whatever it is, we remember the goodness of God. And then what happens? We reproduce it because we remember the goodness of God. So here's the benefits of this list. Forgiveness, healing, redemption, compassion and mercy, and satisfaction. Um, that compassion and mercy, there's different words um, in different versions. So sometimes it says loving kindness. Sometimes it says love, compassion. Um, so verse 3, it starts off, one of the benefits, don't, do not forget who forgives all your iniquities. Do you guys say iniquities? That's a weird word, right? We don't really say that word. You're like, what does that mean exactly? So that just means our sins. He forgives all your sins. Woohoo! Can we all cheer and say, woohoo! Yes! He, not some, it says, He forgives all, 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 all your sins. That's unbelievable. We are sinners and we do a lot of things. He forgives all our sins. How can we forget that? But we do. So, as Christians, I think because this is our culture and this is what we know, if you've been around any amount of time, sometimes this isn't a big deal. We're like, yeah, he forgives our sins. What? That's groundbreaking. That's life-changing. That is the ultimate thing. We cannot forget that. He forgives all of our sins. 
Sometimes we lose sight of the depth of our sin, and sometimes we lose sight of the magnitude of his holiness and his purity. So here's what I think we do. Well, I don't, I don't really sin as bad as Buck, so I'm, I'm okay. I love you, Buck. I probably do. Um, or we're like, well, I only do that on the weekends. And we live in this culture that's full of sin, and it's actually celebrated. All of these things that are sinful, and it lists in scripture over and over, that are ungodly, our culture's like, they celebrate it. This is awesome. Look at all this stuff we do, and look at all these things that we are, and look at all this stuff. And it's celebrated. It's advertised. It's promoted. And so we just kind of are like, oh, well, I don't do that stuff, or I don't do most of that stuff. And we just kind of we pander to it, and we just make room for it, and we accept it. And you guys, sin is sin is sin. We're the ones who are like, this sin is really bad. This sin is fine. Sin is sin, and the Lord forgives them all, but we also can't do that. So we need to remember how holy and good he is, and also that the depth of our sin does need to be forgiven. Um, so we're supposed to gauge our sin. Our barometer is not well, culture does this, and I'm a little better than that, so it's fine. Our barometer is what? The Word of God, right? Our barometer, our measure is the Word of God. And we have this beautiful person, the Holy Spirit, who comes and he speaks to us. And there's times when I'm doing something and I'm like, ooh. And the Holy Spirit's just like, pause, wait a minute. And I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you, Lord. Like, I don't want to think that. That is not you. Or I don't want to do that, right? He's so faithful. Um, A lot of people in culture right now say, follow your heart. And it sounds so good. Just follow your heart. Do what you love. Can I just read you a scripture? Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. Don't follow your heart, people. Do not tell your kids that. Don't follow your heart. Your heart is deceitful. We follow the word of God and the Holy Spirit will speak to us about the things that are good for us. Don't follow your heart. And if you hear somebody say that and you have a relationship with them and you love them, maybe let them know that's not how we live as Christians. We do not follow our heart. It sounds really nice. The other scripture that I love, I wanted to preach on this and the Lord was like, no, Psalm 103. And I was like, okay, fine. Romans 12, 2. I love I like to listen, so I was like, okay, maybe another day. I have notes for another day. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. We are not supposed to look like the culture around us. We need to be relatable. We need to be involved. We need to not be the weird ones on the side that nobody can relate to because we're so holy. We need, but we do need to be different because we are different. If we truly are lovers of Jesus, That's just the natural product of that, right? We are different because we are lovers of God and he does a transforming work. And so we are different and we should be bubbling over and loving on people so they want that same thing, right? Not judging. Um, Okay, so we're going to move along because I'm preaching lots of things that are not in my notes. Um, So the next one, (laughs) the next part of that same verse 3 says, who heals all our diseases. So I love this because... God created our bodies to heal themselves, and I think we forget that. We're waiting for the big, I broke my leg, I need a miracle, I have cancer, I need a miracle, which those he does as well. But can we pause and remember that he created our bodies to heal 
That is unbelievable. Children are the best at remembering this. They'll get a paper cut. They will get the tiniest little thing. And they're like, ah, they have to show you their owie. But here's what I love even more. Tomorrow and the next day and the next day, they're also going to show you their owie is gone. And then you get to celebrate five times. Jesus healed your finger. It's amazing, you guys. It's small, but they notice it. We forget that God heals our bodies. Jude one time hurt his finger pretty darn bad months ago. And we prayed over it and prayed over it. And his parents were putting stuff on it and prayed over it. And and it was healing slowly. But still to this day, months later, Jude will come up to me and show me his finger and tell me how God healed his finger. And you can't see it anymore. And he'll be like, it was right here. Because he remembers that God is the healer. And so I love that. He is the healer of our body, both as it heals naturally and the supernatural. When we break a wrist or when we have a disease or we get a bad report from the doctor, we better be praying for the miracle because God is a God of miracles. It wasn't just in Bible days, in old times. He is a healer today, and he still does it today. And that's another one. How do we forget that, right? Forget not that he heals our diseases. Verse 4, who redeems your life from destruction? Woohoo! We should be cheering again. He saves us from destruction. So that word redeem means to purchase back. So he is purchasing back our life from destruction. He is purchasing back each one of us. He's purchasing back me. He's purchasing back you. This is redemption. So this could be whatever destruction the enemy could throw it your way. Sometimes it's things around you. Sometimes it's you. I know the Lord has saved me from my own destruction many times. I can get myself in all sorts of trouble. Can you? Okay, don't raise your hand. Yes, we can, right? We just can do that. And you're like, oh, crap, how did I end up over here? This is terrible, right? Because we have a fleshly nature. We have a soulful thing. And right, once we do one thing, then it's like another thing and another thing. And before you know it, you're like over here and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. I'm really far from God in this area. Like, I need to get back. And that's what he does. He redeems our life. He tells us and he brings us back. And thankful for the blood of Jesus. The next part of that scripture says, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Did you know that you are crowned by God? You are crowned with his loving kindness And that tender mercy means compassion. Anybody in need of compassion? Oh, thank you, Jesus, because I do not deserve it. But he's like, you, I'm giving you my compassion. I'm crowning you this day with my tender mercies and my love. How do we forget that? So amazing. That word crowned means to surround So he crowns us. He surrounds us. So every single day, Noah, every single day, whether you're at work, I see Noah at the gym sometimes, you're you're surrounded at the gym. You're surrounded at your work. You're surrounded when you're at home with your family. You are surrounded by the goodness of God, by his love. Every minute, all of us, every single minute, we are surrounded by his love. Can you get my drink there? I have a tickle in my throat. Did you notice Mark couldn't have preached today? He's been cheering at baseball games for the last two days in Omaha. He couldn't have preached anyway. So we are surrounded by his love. When we grab a hold of this truth, we do life a little bit different. 
I think we're all guilty of walking around as a victim. My dad died. I grew up here. This is what happened. I grew up with no money. I was abused. All these things. True. Sad. Horrible. Unrighteous. Ungodly. All of these things. But we have to, one, find healing and be proactive in moving past that. But we are not victims. We are children of the Most High God. And if we could wrap our minds around the fact that he loves us, that he's surrounding us, that he's choosing us, that he's crowned us, you guys, it doesn't matter what has happened to us because we can rise above it. Excuse me, sorry. I don't know if tea helps, but maybe you can sit down. Excuse me, sorry. Um, so in Romans 8, Paul also knew this truth. Let's put up Romans 8, 38. <coughs> Woo, sorry guys. Of course this happens now. Ew. Have you guys ever had a fisherman's friend? It's a really gross cough drop. <coughs> And it tastes like booty. <laughs> it was really gross. <laughs> so I'm going to suck on it so I can finish here. Okay. So Paul, Paul knew this truth. Sorry, in Romans 8. It says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He said he was persuaded that neither death, life, nor angels, principalities, powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything that was created could separate us from the love of God. That would be easy for me to say. Paul went to prison. Paul got stoned. Paul was hungry. Paul was poor. Paul was thirsty. Paul was hated. And this is what he says. Nothing can separate from me from the love of God. Unbelievable. Why did he say this? He was persecuted, betrayed, imprisoned. He was beaten. He went without food, shelter, sleep. Because he realized in all those situations, God was with him. He was loved by God in all those situations. He's like, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. Do you remember the story when Paul and Silas were praising God? Where were they? They were in prison. Not a nicer looking American prison. Read about it. Go, go Google it. it. It was a nasty situation. And they were praising God because they, they knew this truth that God loved them. Verse 5. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? So remember, God's definition of good is not the same definition that we think. When we're like, oh, that's good. We say, say that about everything. That's good. We have dirty socks. We're like, it's good. Pizza, it's good. God created the world, and each time he made something, he said, it is good. Right? He put birds in the air, put fish in the ocean, created these unbelievable animals. Do you guys ever watch the Nature Channel or some of those shows? My dad always watched those, so I find myself watching those now. And I'm like, I'm in awe. Unbelievable creation, right? And God says, it is good. That's God's good. That's what we're talking about. He satisfies us with good things. 
Billy Graham had this to say. God declared that things will not satisfy. God satisfies. Remove the obstacles, tear down the barriers, and let your soul find the fulfillment of its deepest longings in the fellowship of God. Our soul has longings. Our soul has needs. Our soul cries out. As deep cries out to deep, right? It's to the depth of God. That is where the fellowship comes. That is where the love comes. That is where the life comes is from God. He is the one who satisfies. I think we've all turned to things. Drugs, alcohol, friends, money, sleep, food, friend, whatever, right? And we're like, you thought it would fill the hole. And you're like, ah, I thought that would fix the problem. And you find that you're still empty. It's because God is the only one who can fill that hole. So these are the benefits. Forgiveness, healing, redemption, compassion, mercy, satisfaction. Forget not these benefits. Debbie, if you want to come on up, I'm going to wrap this up. So David reminds us in this, in this small chunk of scripture, because of these re- uh, benefits, he reminds us to what? Praise the Lord. Honor the Lord. Remember his goodness and his faithfulness, his kindness, his gentleness, his love, his compassion. He is faithful. As we do that, our hearts begin to rejoice. Our hearts begin to remember. I think being raised, our parents, and as parents, we constantly remind our kids about things, right? Like, this is good, or this is right, or this is what you need to do. There's all these reminders. And as we get older, we don't have our moms and dads around, and we're like, thankfully, we should be reminding ourselves. So today I want us to remind ourselves. <coughs> of the goodness of God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And you guys, he gives us benefits, but even if he didn't, he's still worthy. He's still worthy of our praise. He's still worthy of our adoration. And I just want to ask you this morning, is there an area of your life where you need to bless the Lord, where you've been speaking death You've been seeing the negative and you've been believing the lies of the enemy. You have the authority in yourself to say, oh my soul, bless the Lord. We have a choice where we are focusing. We have a choice where we are putting our affection and our attention. And it's not easy, you guys. I'm not just like, just do it. It's not easy, but it's good. And when we focus in on him and we cast our cares upon him and we delight in who he is our, our situation may not change but all of a sudden it's like ah, there's joy there we're in the midst of a storm and we're like I know it's crazy right now but God is faithful and I'm, I'm at peace we could be like Paul and Silas like I'm imprisoned with all this stuff and this bondage and I feel trapped but I'm going to sing praises to my God because that is the one thing that is true. That is the one thing that we can hold on to. Would you mind just closing your eyes? I'm just going to pray over us this morning.
God, we just come to you with our hearts ready and available to you. You are the life changer, the one who transforms. You are the healer, the deliverer, our counselor, our friend. And first of all, God, we want to ask for your forgiveness, for forgetting that you are who you are, you are who you say you are, that you are loving and good, and we are sorry for the ways that we have accused you of forgetting us or for abandoning us or not doing things the way we thought. We ask for your forgiveness because we trust you and we know that your ways are not our ways and we are actually really thankful that your ways are better than our ways. God, would you just would you just change our hearts? Would you just mold as you do? Your word says that you soften hearts and you change hearts. And so that's what we're asking for this morning, God. That you would continue to transform us. And this day we choose you. We say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Can we say that together, church? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We bless you. We honor you. We declare that you are faithful and that you are good, despite what we are facing. And God, we are thankful for your benefits that you heal our bodies, that you forgive us of all our sins that you never leave us, you never forsake us, that you clothe us, surround us, and crown us with your loving tenderness, your kindness, and your compassion. You are such a good God. And Lord, I pray that as we begin to walk in this in a new way, Lord, that we would teach others that you are good, that they would see fruit in our life and say, I want to know this God that you serve. God, I pray that as we're having camping weekends with our neighbors and as we're spending time with our families, even today, and our children, God, that we would love you so much, God, that it would just bubble over on everyone around us, God. We live in a broken world, and we need Jesus. And the people around us need Jesus. They need your love and your forgiveness. And God, I thank you that we are chosen. I thank you that we were plucked out, that you scooped us up and said, this one is mine. And God, I just pray healing over anybody's heart today who is hurting, anyone who feels alone or abandoned, anyone who is feeling suicidal or depressed. God, I just pray that you would lift the heaviness. God, that you would breathe your life upon us, God. Lord, I thank you that you're burden is light, that your yoke is easy, and that because of Jesus, we can come straight into the throne room, and we can cry, Abba, Father. We can come straight to our daddy and just be embraced by your love, that there is no shame, there is no condemnation, that we are yours. And Father, I pray especially over the fathers today that they would feel your favor, they would feel your delight upon them. Lord, I thank you that most of the fruit and most of the things that they have done, they may not see the fruit. 
but it doesn't mean that they haven't planted and it doesn't mean that they haven't watered and they haven't sowed because they have. And God, I thank you that this day they would feel the reward of their heavenly father, that they would feel your smile upon them, God, and your, your joy and your sons, God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If we could just stay here one more moment. If you don't know this Jesus that I'm speaking about, I want you to know that he is real. And I can tell you that he's been transforming my life day by day since I was a kid. And even the times that I turned my back or walked away, he was always there. And if you want to know him, I would love to lead you in that prayer. It's a prayer of surrender, and it's a prayer of just acknowledging who he is and saying, yes, I need you. So we're going to pray that prayer right now, and if you would just join me. Lord Jesus, I come to you, and I offer my life. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And today I choose you. Come and wipe the slate. Make me clean. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I would love to talk to you after Mark, probably a lot of people in this room, and we can share with you next steps, getting you a Bible, whatever it is that you need, pray with you. He is the most amazing gift you could ever receive. The gift that keeps on giving, right? All right, let me pray this blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. That's found in number six.